one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today, I have James Aspie on the podcast. James is a renowned animal activist who has been vegan for eight years and who went silent for a year in honor of animal suffering. He is a big personality. He is very outspoken and he is doing such good for the animals in the world. I can't wait for you to listen to all that James has to say. So please enjoy. Welcome, James. I'm so thrilled to have you on today. I have admired your work for so many years and thank you for taking the time to be here with me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for helping to get this message out there. Yes, it's a very important message. And I first learned about you. For those of you who don't know James, you can look up probably one of your most famous, I would imagine YouTube or just periods in your life is when you were silent for a year. Uh And you did this for the animals. And I just want to backtrack to that time point because I feel like uh, you have experienced different ways of being that voice for the animals, but this started Mm -hmm. off by being voiceless. What led you to that decision? Yeah. So the idea to be voiceless for the animals was realizing how ignored their voices are, which basically is like they're voiceless and silent. People never hear their screams, despite how many of them there are and how constantly they are screaming. And also, I felt like it would be a unique and interesting journey that people could follow while I traveled around Australia, didn't speak for a year, wrote a blog about my journey. Uh, I thought that it would engage with an audience, whether they cared about animals or not, because they'd be interested in what it would be like to not speak for a year. And the idea came to me during my first Vipassana meditation course, which is a 10-day silent meditation where you meditate for about 12 hours a day. I had the idea there just to maybe do an extended vow of silence. And then I thought perhaps I could do it for some sort of cause, something that would do good in the world. And I'd just been a recent vegetarian for a few months, but very passionate and very shocked with what I was learning and 
really my whole world was opening up and blowing my mind with the you know the things that I was seeing that happened to animals. Yeah, it was also such an all-encompassing cause because animal rights is not only the I mean the animal holocaust is the leading cause of pain, suffering, murder, rape, torture, and all of the suffering side of things regarding other sentient beings, but also it is a leading cause of deforestation and species extinction and habitat loss, ocean dead zones, greenhouse gas emissions, etc. And 14 out of 15 of the leading causes of death in humans is also related to the consumption of animals because of the things that are inside the flesh of animals, the secretions of animals that cause us to get diseases like heart disease, which is the number one killer, and cancers. Um, so I just felt like it was so all-encompassing to do something for the cause of furthering animal rights. So I thought maybe I could do this thing, a year-long vow of silence. I hope it will get some awareness out there. Even if one person has one less stake, then I'll, be, I'll feel like it was successful. And the video you were talking about is, I believe, when I broke my vow of silence for the first time after just over a year on the Sunrise Morning Show, and that my first words were a heartfelt plea for humanity to adopt a vegan lifestyle and to live in alignment with our core values of nonviolence and respect and justice and peace. And um, it was viewed tens of millions of times and, yeah, one of my most popular YouTube videos and one of my most proud moments. That's amazing. I mean, your commitment is full on. And that that in itself is admirable. What does that feel like to live in that essence of full commitment to be the voice? I, I feel like I have that as well, but I don't I am not demonstrating it to the degree you are. Mm-hmm. What drove that, that you decided each and every day I'm showing up and I'm, with, you know, like, again, without, I don't want to say without caring about how it appears, but really just having the absolute goal be the focus in all your actions, in all your responses. What led to that feeling of just clear pointed life focus? Initially, it was definitely not like that. I thought, I'll just do this thing for animals for a year. I care about it. I want to do something for them. They need it. They deserve it. And I was the reason why so many of them suffered so greatly and were killed on my behalf because I was funding it. I was paying for people to do it. I was creating a demand for people to kill. I was paying killers. Um, so I felt some responsibility. So I thought, I'll do something for a year, but after the year, you know, I'll go back to my normal life. And what happened after the year was that I had influenced a lot of people and reached, like I said, millions of people with the vegan message. And I felt a greater responsibility. And in that time, I had also come to understand just how far from, how do I say it? We're so far away in terms of humans doing the right thing by animals to a great extent. Like it's such a small minority of people who are doing the bare minimum, which is to be vegan, which is a non-action in my opinion, um, in many ways. So it kind of stemmed from realizing that I had, I was influencing and 
I felt very good about that and I felt um, a responsibility to do it. And the more people I was able to influence, the more my responsibility grew and the more, um, the more I took this responsibility on, basically. And over the years, you know, I, I had other videos that reached millions of people. I started doing speeches and taking every opportunity I could to speak up for animals because I realized there was very few people speaking up the way that animals need to be spoken for. And, you know, when you, when you realize the seriousness and the massive scale of the injustice and you see so few people speaking up the way they need it, you just, yeah, like you just take it on. And over the years, it's just got deeper and deeper. And, um, you know, it's just how does it feel to live in this space? It is... Um, you know, I'm a very, very happy person. I'm a very grateful person. I'm always making jokes and I love my life so much. And I feel equally on the other side there, it is just so, so depressing and um, exhausting to witness the suffering constantly, to think about it all the time, every day, to battle people on this topic, good people often, who are just being totally insane by defending their right, they believe, to slash the throats open of animals for no good reason. You know, it's, uh, I'm very grateful, though, to feel the way I feel about it because, you know, every day I feel grateful for my passion and for my dedication. And um, because, yeah, that's just, that's just the least they deserve. I actually wish, you know, I still try to grow in that and I um, hope that I will continue doing more and getting stronger in my stance and better in my arguments um, because, yeah, they deserve way more than what I'm giving them and, and way more than what most people are doing for them, I believe. Yeah, I think it's really important what you said that you have to be able to live in in the two elements of of enjoying your life, but also carrying the weight of the sadness and suffering and pain. And that's a really hard balance. And what I think most people can't fully get until they really delve into it is the the magnitude like you speak of. And uh, Melanie Joy talks about this in her philosophical term of carnism. And carnism is, is really a conditioning where we live um, and believing that eating animals is normal and it's necessary. And it's natural. And it's natural. Her three ends, exactly. And so some of it is, is first like just deconstructing that and recognizing like we have been conditioned and none of those three things are true, right? We, we, we as human beings absolutely can thrive on plants. I've been vegan for 20 years now and I always say I'm not suffering. In fact, I have a lot of energy. Of course. Um, Is it necessary? No, we don't need it. Is it normal? Certainly not the way it is now. It is so fucking not normal to... um, Natural, this one. Yeah, to take... Natural. It's it's insane. And it's not natural to take uh, billions of animals Mm. and imprison them. And I think as vegans, as animal advocates, we want to shout from the rooftops because people are numb. You know, they're just... If they're going about this and it is so normal and natural, it is. I, so I first want to preface this by saying, being in this space myself, it sometimes is like you want to just 
bang your head against the wall or scream from the rooftop because it is once you see it and once you go down the tunnel, it's so hard to not see it. And so I think that your mission and your voice has had to have different levels to it. Have had, has had literally, literally the decibels have had to change. I've seen you engage on the social media in such a a rhythm of calmness and kindness, and sometimes that doesn't work. I think you do that really well, but I think you have been criticized for the verbiage you use, and I want to talk about that a little bit because what you don't do is you don't shy away or whitewash the language. Mm-hmm. And people get very offended by that. How do you manage that? Because I think it's very brave to not whitewash these terms. You know, my husband just wrote a letter to a school that was talking about harvesting a pig. And we're like, that's a fucked word to use. You harvest plants, you kill an animal. Yes, harvesting is, right? It's a murder. So it's, we have made these terms to make us feel better as humans. And what you're basically saying is pull the blanket off. Don't use those terms, but you've been criticized for it. So how do you handle choosing the right words to bring people into the conversation and yet not whitewashing it? That's a tough question. Okay. There's so many things I want to (laughs) say to all the things you just said. So firstly, let's back up a little bit to the conditioning. Um, You said that people are conditioned to believe that consuming animals is natural and normal and necessary. Yes, 100%. People are conditioned, and I say brainwashed, to believe that we need meat for protein. We need to eat a dead body to get protein. And the fact is that there is protein in every single plant, more than enough protein. The difference between plant protein and animal protein is that animal protein is linked to causing cancer in humans, where plant protein is not. We are taught that we need to consume the milk from a lactating cow that is made for her baby to grow into a very large cow to get calcium, when in fact, countless plant foods have more than enough calcium. And the places in the world that consume the highest amounts of calcium have the highest rates of bone diseases, ironically. And we are told that we need eggs for omegas when we can get omegas easily from plant foods. We are told that fish don't feel pain when it is a fact that they most definitely feel pain. We are taught that uh, chickens are stupid when in fact they're very smart. They sing to their babies. They recognize faces. They show all different kinds of intelligence. We are taught that vegan food is disgusting when in fact you can have vegan burgers, vegan pizzas, uh, delicious, countless, incredible, amazing meals made from plants. There's literally millions of recipes online. We have been conditioned to believe that vegans are weak, they're sickly when in fact vegans can be bodybuilders. The world record holding strongman is a vegan. Um, Countless other athletes are vegan, been on a plant-based diet for a long time, getting all the protein and iron and everything that they need. And um, vegans are likely to live longer, have less nutrient deficiencies, develop less cancers and diseases and all these kinds of things. So the conditioning is so thick. People have gotten to the point where they can't even imagine a meal without some part of dead body on there. And humans are not even supposed to eat these foods. They're not foods. They're corpses. They're, they're secretions. You know, uh, uh, egg is a hen menstruation and cow milk is for baby cows. And 
we, we just don't even think about it. We think that cows give milk freely when in fact, just like every other mammal, they need to be have a baby or have been um, recently pregnant. To do that, cows get raped. They get put into a cage. They get their body invaded, forced in, semen into them. Once they give birth, they get their babies taken from them. All these things we don't think about when we get a glass of milk or a piece of cheese. And of course, they would never tell us about it. They don't advertise what they do to animals because obviously people do care about animals and don't want to see those things happen. But on top of that, people have no idea. And this is one of the biggest things, the biggest epiphanies and awakenings I've had in my life. They have no idea who animals are. They have no idea even that humans are animals, that we are animals and how we experience life on earth is how chickens experience life on earth and how cows do and fish do. We breathe, we eat, we sleep, we um, communicate with each other. Uh, pigs, for example, have 80 different communication, like words and body language, 80 different things just that we're aware of. That's highly sophisticated, highly intelligent. And we force these pigs into gas chambers to turn them into bacon. And people wonder why we call it animal holocaust. The holocaust was built on animal farming, on animal slavery. That's where they got the methods of the production line and all of these things. So what, when people realize that animals are people and you look, at, you look at a chicken and you see a person in there who experiences pain and wants to be free and wants to live and take care of her babies and do all of these things, when you start to see them as people, you start to realize the severity of this situation when we deliberately enslave and murder 2.7 trillion of them every single year, which is 8 billion a day, which is the entire human population every single day. It is absolutely insane. This is planet slaughterhouse. This is planet torture and murder. The leading cause of death is throat slitting on earth. So it's just absolutely insane. To get to your question, how do I deal with the balance of trying to be, you know, th there's many methods. And like you said, I've used many. Um, sometimes I don't speak for you. Sometimes I've got, I've got tattooed for 25 hours straight. I've done hundreds of speeches for free. Many of them have been very kind. Some have been very funny. You know, try whatever. And um, there's every way works in a certain way. But yeah, as you said, being kind and, and gentle and uh, uplifting, it's an excellent technique. And I've had incredible results, um, you know, holding people's hand on this journey almost and saying, hi, I know you don't mean to do this. I know you don't know any better. You've been brainwashed. Here's what's happened to you. This is what they've taught you. These are the lies. These are the facts. These are the victims. And let's do this together. Let's work through your objections. Why do you think you can't be vegan? What's holding you back? Okay, wrong. That isn't an objection. Here's why. And going through all this with them, that's an effective approach. 100%, no doubt about it. I recommend a lot of people employ that. That's the Martin Luther King kind of approach. Like it's, it's nonviolence, it's compassion, it's respect, it's um, uplifting. There needs to be a Malcolm X approach as well because people need to be told what the hell they're doing. They need to understand they are paying for the rape, torture, mutilation, and torture and murder of 
innocent earthlings, of sentient beings just like us. And that is why it is an animal holocaust, the animal holocaust, the largest holocaust ever in history, the more victims than ever, more suffering than ever. It is legal. It is normalized. It is happening right now. And unlike what Hitler did, Normal people, just like you and I, are the ones funding it. Without them, it wouldn't exist. So we are directly responsible for it to the animals. People who are not vegan are Hitler. We're paying people to do the killing for us. Same shit. You're equally responsible if you are willing to pay someone to slash a throat open for you. It's insane. No good person should do that. No rational, logical person with a shred of compassion should ever, ever purchase an animal product ever again, because it is always supporting slavery. And the amount of violence and disregard for these beings is unimaginable. They are just products on a conveyor belt. They are nothing to people. Even people who love animals, they're nothing to these people either. They love dogs while they eat their chicken burger. The disconnect is mind-blowing. So people need to call it what it is, the animal holocaust, a holocaust that by definition is mass destruction or slaughter. It perfectly fits that fits that definition. People don't want to call it that because they worry they'll offend people. Okay, that's that's their choice. My personal opinion is by not using the most accurate words and descriptions we have to describe the current reality of these victims, we are doing them a disservice because people, if if we for example call it artificial insemination instead of rape, First, let's talk about the process. If we put humans in this situation, 100%, no question, we will call it rape. Everybody will call it rape. No doubt about it. You put humans in that situation of what these mother cows go through. As soon as the species changes and this being who still feels, still has emotions, still can cry out to her babies and does, still wants to live and doesn't want to suffer, doesn't want to be used, doesn't want her body invaded, as soon as the being is no longer human and any other species and has four legs instead of two, we don't care anymore. We call it something different. We call it artificial insemination. No one gives a shit about artificial insemination. It means nothing to anybody. It's blah, blah, blah. It's an industry term. It means jack shit. When it comes to calling it rape, that gets everyone, what, what, what? It makes them stop. It makes them think. I'm funding what? I'm funding rape? Hang on, what are you talking about? Tell me more. And you can easily back up this statement. A lot of people think you're being crazy because they they just don't. How can you rape an animal? What does this mean? Where where do animals get raped? For for milk, you know, what are you talking about? They just don't know. And, And because of the brainwashing, the conditioning, they're very confident without doing any research. They're the most ignorant people on the topic with the most confidence on the topic a lot of the time. So calling it a Holocaust, if you don't call it a Holocaust, you just call it mass slaughter, blah, 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 whatever. It does nothing. It does nothing to people. People are like, oh, yeah, slaughter, yeah. Yeah, animals get slaughtered. Yeah, that's just how we live. You call it a Holocaust and people immediately know Holocausts are very bad, extremely bad, the worst things that ever happened. And it's systematic. I think that's the, that's the important thing is people still think that Animals are living on a nice little farm and then just kind of meet a nice natural death. And the Holocaust was systematic. You know, you the, everybody was taken out 
far away from where people could see them to these concentration camps. Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't actually understand the level of these places that animals go to. And I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but I think that's okay. really important. It's a systematic, it is not just a natural, you live your life cycle. It is from beginning to end, it's systematic and yes. it is torturous. It truly is. Oh, so, constantly, yeah. constantly. They are born into, they are, okay, so their mothers are raped and they, that's how they're born into existence through rape. The day they're born, they're in slavery. If they're male chicks, for example, the second day of their life, they're shredded in a blender-like machine, a huge, a huge spinning blade machine. This is standard legal practice in the egg industry. If you buy eggs, free-range, organic, normal eggs from the supermarket, the baby male chicks, the little baby boys, are shredded alive on their first to third day of life. They're seen as waste products because they don't produce eggs. Um, Their entire life, they're manipulated. And for chickens, it's a very short life. And so is it for pigs. And all these animals are in their infancy. They're they're still children when they're getting murdered. Everything is planned for them. Their day of their execution is planned. The day that their beaks get cut off, the day that their tails get cut off, the day that they get castrated without pain relief, the day that they're separated from their mothers, it's all pre-planned. This is nothing natural. The way their bodies are manipulated to grow more, um, the feed that they eat, the way that they use the lighting to make them think that days are faster so they lay more eggs, for example, it's all totally manipulated there. Again, just they're not viewed as individuals, as earthlings. They are viewed just as flesh or meat-producing products, and that's it, and that's how they're treated. And they're, if they don't produce enough, they're just murdered. They're just discarded. They're turned into nothing. Um, so people need to get serious about this. It could not be more serious. It's not just like, oh, I don't really like animals. You know, I'm not really an animal lover, so I don't really care. It's, it's, you don't, it has nothing to do with being an animal lover. It is about justice. If you are opposed to slavery, then you should not support animal slavery. If you are opposed to rape, then the last thing you should be doing is purchasing animal products, which majority of them come from rape. If you are opposed to throat slitting, never eat a piece of meat again, for example. There's torture in all of it. Meat, dairy, eggs, leather, wool, silk, products that are tested on animals, places that exploit animals like zoos, rodeos, all these places. That's why veganism is a very... It's the least we should do. It just means you're not supporting rape anymore. Like, that's nothing special. You are not a special person for just doing the bare minimum and just giving the animals what they deserve and stopping taking what was never yours to begin with. You've never been entitled to their bodies. It's their bodies. It's not your body. So I got off track a little bit there, but what I wanted to say was about the, um, the wording. So to use the words gets people realizing the seriousness of this. and. Well, it can be frustrating is that a lot of vegans even are speciesists, which is when, you know, it's like racism. White people believe they're better. Some white people believe they're better than black people or some men believe they're better than women. And almost all humans believe they are better than every other species to the point that they are willing to pay somebody to slash their throats open just so that you can eat them for a five-minute meal. That is the level of superiority complex when it comes to the human conditioning. And 
People need to take it seriously. These are very real beings. If you switch places with them for a second, you would you would be living in hell. Basically, you would it would be the worst experience of your entire life. So we need to have empathy for these beings like it is us. We need to speak up for them like it's us. And we need to treat them just like the golden rule states. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. Animals, non-human earthlings are also others. They're counted as others. Treat them how you want to be treated. Would you want to be born into a life of slavery, have not a day of freedom, and then six weeks later go through what they go through in a slaughterhouse? And then here's another thing about it. People call it humane. I buy, I buy grass fed and they're slaughtered humanely. Would you ever trade places with an animal who is slaughtered humanely? Of course not, because what we're actually talking about when we say humane slaughter is murder. It's never kind. It's never compassionate. There's no compassionate way to do the wrong thing. You can't compassionately child abuse. You can't humanely molest a child. You can't humanely slash a bird's throat open. It's just ridiculous to use these kinds of words. And people are absolutely kidding themselves if they think that there's a humane way to slaughter anybody against their will. That is what murder is. So people got to take it seriously. They got to realize their part in that. It would not exist if everyone just did the simple lifestyle choices that vegans make every day. The entire animal holocaust would end if everybody just switched their meat for beans or tofu or vegan meat or mushrooms and we had smoothies for breakfast instead of bacon and eggs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's very simple. We're all loving our lifestyle. Um, it should be an obligation. We should not even have the choice to support animal slavery and murder. And one day, we won't. We'll, again, just like other injustices, realize how insane what we're doing is. There'll be a larger animal rights movement. Things will change. And we'll look back in history at this day, and everybody will thinking will be thinking the way that vegans are currently thinking right now. How the hell did that go on for so long to so many beings? How did we allow so much suffering? How was that legal? How did we let this happen? Absolutely crazy. And I think it's so important to realize like in this time period now, we can't compare what we're doing now to even 100 years ago. What the current situation is vastly different. The systematic raising and killing of animals is vastly different. So we have to respond to what is current now and not like get caught up in the argument of well this is what our ancestors did or you know happy farms totally and all that irrelevant. it just doesn't it doesn't matter because that's not the the current state the way that uh the fishing industry is right now is not you know one person at a time going out and casting a reel it is so much different than that and i think james what you're doing is you're just again pulling up the curtain people are stuck in the books that they've read or the memories or whatever of this, you know, animals just living a happy life. And then whenever, you know, one dies at, at, a, at a fishing rod, so be it. But it's not like that. It is so vast well, that we can't even wrap our head around it. Let me say this so, Lara, like, I don't, it makes no difference to me whether you are buying fish from commercial fishing or you were going out there and throwing a hook in the water, hooking one of these beings through the face, ripping them out from their home, away from their family, and then killing them yourself. I actually don't morally care. There's no difference morally, whether you're doing it the way our ancestors did it or you're doing it in a, 
in a way that they don't, maybe, maybe there would be a way where you could kill them and they don't even feel it. They didn't even see it coming. It doesn't exist. That is not what the animal products you buy, what happens to these beings. But even if it was, imagine it's always good to do this. Imagine yourself in their situation or put a human in their situation. Would it be okay then if we just killed them and they didn't feel it? No. If you say to a judge, yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to kill them because um, I knew they wouldn't feel it and whatever. It's my culture that we are cannibals. Like, it's still murder. You're robbing a living being from their entire life. That is one of the greatest crimes that you can commit. That's why murder gets one of the largest like not fines, a lot of penalties. Punishments. Yeah, yeah, penalties, punishments. Yes. Yeah. Because you're taking someone's greatest asset, their greatest gift. So it doesn't matter if you go and you do it in the least violent way, like the least, the way that causes least suffering. You cannot do something violent humanely. There's no right way to do a wrong thing, and a lesser of two evils is still evil. So people have to stop looking for the right way to enslave and murder, like just stop enslaving and murdering like vegans do, like you've done for 20 years, like I've done for eight years, like millions of people do all over the world. And we love it. And it's easy and we're happy and we're healthy and we eat amazing food. What are you doing? Are you that addicted to flesh that you're willing to continue paying for this to happen to these innocent beings? Don't think that you don't make a difference. Of course you do. Everybody needs to take responsibility. We're all either funding it or not funding it. We're paying for the animal holocaust or we're not. And they're the two choices. It's not enough to be vegetarian and just cut out one animal product and still consume a bunch of others. You need to say no to animal slavery. And the only way to do that consistently is to be vegan. And it's very easy. It's very easy to do this. And what I think that it's important to know is that a lot of people will assume that vegans or any kind of activist are judgmental. And I always like to flip it the other way and say, well, actually choosing to believe that I'm not better than an animal's life is actually the least judgmental because you're actually being extremely judgmental every day if you're choosing to consume animals, to kill animals, to pay for somebody else to do it, because that is a judgment in itself. That is saying, I my life is more valuable my health Absolutely. is more valuable. But I, on that note, I want to talk about health because what some people might not realize is you actually had cancer prior yeah. to being vegan. Mm-hmm. Because I think from my experience when talking with people, and you've obviously talked to thousands more, and I'm sure you would agree, the biggest, it's usually not the compassion, but it's the, well, what about my health and what do I eat? And so... Again, I think it's we've been trained to believe that it's natural, normal, and necessary to eat animals. But can you speak a little bit about your uh, health? I mean, having cancer at such a young age. Sure. Yeah. So basically, when I was 17, I was diagnosed with leukemia and lymphoma. I found a small lump in my neck, and that spread to 13 lumps, lumps under my arms. It was very uh, surprising because I was very healthy at the time. And uh, I was a black belt in karate. I was weight training. I was feeling amazing. And it was just all these lumps all of a sudden. Not exactly sure what caused it. And I ended up doing six months of intensive everyday chemotherapy where I put on about 20, almost 25 kilos very quickly. And I lost all my hair and all the stuff that usually happens with cancer patients and chemo patients. And um, then for the next three years, I was on chemotherapy once a week. And during that time, I 
did my personal training course and got my health back and that kind of thing. During that time, when I was in hospital, I was eating Big Macs in my hospital room as I was dying from cancer. The doctors gave me actually six weeks to live when they first gave me my diagnosis if I didn't start treatment straight away. So I became, I was already very interested in health. I became more interested in health and um, I became more aware of what it was like to suffer, which I believe a lot of people don't even, I'm talking about suffering, you know, people can't even relate at all to, to severe suffering. A lot of people, a lot of people obviously can, but a lot of people can't. That's another thing that I think has helped me on my journey um, to have at least some experience of suffering. Definitely nowhere near what your standard animal goes through that um, people find in the supermarket. But um, my journey, you know, it, it led me to becoming a personal trainer. It led me to being very interested in health and nutrition. And this whole time, though, I believed that you need to eat animals to be healthy. And the guy who I looked up to as a personal training mentor when I worked at a gym, he once showed me an article that said there's no such thing as a healthy vegetarian. And I didn't even read the article. I just saw that. It came from him. I trusted it. And that was my take on vegetarianism. That was my go-to answer when I trained vegetarians. You can't be healthy and um, you need to get back on meat. And I literally got vegetarians who I was friends with and who I trained onto eating fish as just because that's all I could convince them to do. I was, telling, I was forcing them, like, you should eat fish. And um, basically, you know, six years later, something like that, I ended up working on cruise ships and I was surrounding myself with a lot of different people every, every week, you know, a thousand new people. And uh, coming into the gym and I'm working in the gym, they're doing health seminars and all this. Uh, and doing my best to give good advice. And I was always very confused about nutrition. I always, I always found nutrition just didn't really make sense to me. Uh, the things that people recommended always seemed contradictory from what someone else had said. And I just, okay, we eat organic eggs, I guess. And like, we just eat white meat. I don't really know what we're doing here. <laughs> and um, it was very confusing. Very, And it's, a, it's very, you know, it's very fascinating to me to consider how few people on earth know the most basic thing and the most obvious thing of what do we fuel our body with? What should we eat when we eat three times a day? It's so obvious now, but back then it was so confusing. And to the vast majority of people, it's so confusing. They got no idea. They get on this diet, they get on that diet. They're trying to lose weight. They don't know how to lose weight. They're eating what they think is good. It's not doing anything. They feel like shit. They get heart disease or diabetes. They've got no idea what they're doing. It's because they're all trying to turn their very bad diet into something good. And instead of getting rid of the products that are killing them and hurting them, they just try to like mix it up. I'll eat this meat instead of that meat, or I'll have these eggs instead of those eggs. And they're doing nothing. They're just, they're just fooling themselves. And it's very sad because people deserve to know how to fuel their bodies to live a long, healthy life. Um, and the answer to that is a whole food plant-based diet, meaning a diet as natural as possible or vegan. So you can have fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, beans. And that gives you literally tens of thousands of foods and millions of ways to put them all together. And that, as I've already said, can turn into pizzas and pastas and cakes and whatever. But you can live a very delicious, healthy life on a whole food plant-based diet. They're the four words you need to remember if you want to be a healthy person. Whole foods plant-based. That is the diet that is the most natural diet for the human body, which is most closely related to the herbivore or frugivore. 
You know, that's what that's why when we look at a dead animal, we don't get hungry. Or when we see a sick animal or an injured animal, we don't want to go and eat them. We want to help them. It is not in our nature to just consume these bodies. Um, that's why when we look at slaughterhouse footage, we feel sick and people censor it. <laughs> they censor how our food is made. People don't censor when we make a smoothie, even though we're shredding banana and mango into a million little pieces. We go, hell yeah, this is going to be delicious. <laughs> when you do that to baby chicks, no one gets hungry. We're like, oh my God, what the hell are they doing? So obviously it's not natural for us and that's why we have to cook the meat and that's why people get salmonella poisoning. We have to season it with plants and put it in between a bunch of plants, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I... Um, I'm working on the cruise ship. This guy who was very wise, who I met one time, a, a wise Indian man told me that eating animals is bad karma. That is what got me intrigued at first. And again, like you said, it was selfish. It was selfish. I didn't give a shit about animals. I didn't even have a clue who they were. I didn't even like dogs. I wasn't interested in animals at all for the first 26 years of my life. The most boring thing you could show me was a nature documentary. And now I'm obsessed with them because I'm like, whoa, look at these people. Look what they're doing, how they live. This is incredible. So I, um, he said, eating animals is bad karma. I said, you know what? All right, you're a cool guy. I trust you. I'm going to try being vegetarian for a week. I tried it for a week. I felt great. My digestion felt good. I was still in the gym. You know, I was like, am I going to be able to get out of bed without protein? And I just felt amazing. And um, you know, it was intriguing. And then I read a book called Healing with Whole Foods which wasn't a vegan book at all. But funnily enough, every disease that he went through, he was basically saying the answer is eat a whole food plant-based diet. And this was, you know, I wanted to learn more because I wanted to help my clients more, my family more. I wanted to be healthy. Um, and I kept reading and researching the health side of things, learning just so much healthier to live this way. And this isn't just my opinion. The leading health and nutrition authorities around the world agree on this. In Canada, in the US, in Australia, in you know, everywhere that a uh, vegan diet is that is appropriately planned is perfectly healthy for every human, from children to the elderly, athletes, everyone. And you are likely to live longer and have a healthier life, less diseases if you eat this way. So um, I got very excited about the prospect of being able to help my clients more. Finally, nutrition was starting to make sense to me. That's when I watched the documentary Earthlings, which showed, showed me what happens to animals in slaughterhouses. And I'd seen animals be slaughtered before, but this led me to the question, because before I thought we needed to eat animals to survive. And I'd always thought that. And that's why I was getting vegetarians back onto meat. And then when I was feeling so good as a vegetarian of a couple of weeks, and I watched this documentary of all this horrific abuse, I asked myself, you know, if we don't need to kill and eat animals to survive and thrive, how do we justify this? And there is no good reason. There is no justification. And that's, you can try to answer it yourself and you'll realize there's just no good answer for it. Um, I stayed vegetarian for a while, but understanding that I probably should go vegan, although it was a little bit harder to connect to the fact that there's just as much cruelty and suffering and immorality in the dairy industry and the egg industry, et cetera, et cetera. But eventually I did connect to that reality and realized that eating eggs is just the same as eating meat. It's just the same as eating cheese. And, um, you know, it's, what am I doing? I'm being a hypocrite. Do, am I against animal cruelty or just against cruelty to certain species of animals? Am I like, what am I doing here? This doesn't make any sense. So to know that there's so many health benefits is just a bonus of this lifestyle. But yes, you're correct that most people 
because of the conditioning of our cult, of our culture, because of this conditioning, most people um, really need to understand that they can do this healthily. And that's why it's so good to see so many healthy vegans out there and why I promote and also live um, by consuming a a whole food vegan diet because you can be a junk food vegan. You can eat Oreos every day. You can have um, deep fried food every day and burgers every day and whatever, but you are not going to be crossing the objection of people's list that can you be a healthy vegan. And if you are a good representation through your physical body, through your through you know your health, then you are doing an immense service to the vegan movement, to the animal rights movement by proving to people and getting through people's biggest objection that yes, clearly, look, you you are, have been vegan for twenty years. You are. I'm sure you look, you look very healthy. You're very active, as am I. I have zero health conditions. It's been eight years now. And, um, you know, so, so and, and like I said, this isn't just our opinion. This is, the, this is the consensus. A vegan diet that is appropriately planned is perfectly healthy. End of story. So then you have to question, well, if both, let's just, let's just for the sake of argument say, okay, you can be healthy on a, on a diet, including animal products. You know, some people, they don't get heart disease. Okay. I mean, that is what the majority of people die from. And the, the leading cause of heart disease is consuming animal products. The only diet proven to reverse heart disease is a whole food plant-based diet. So that alone is an amazing reason we could reverse the number one killer if people just ate how, how we eat. But that aside... To know that this is so healthy, let's just say that both are healthy, okay? You can eat animal products, be healthy. You can eat a plant-based diet, be healthy. Then you have to factor in the, the rest of the equation. So which is more ethical? And like you don't even look at a slaughterhouse and then look at how strawberries are picked and tell me the obvious answer. It's, it's so freaking obvious. And ethics, the ethics of it should be an extremely, extremely important when we are weighing this up because if you discount ethics and you're just like, yeah, but I like the taste of meat, then you are discounting the suffering of countless beings. The standard person consumes about 100 animals every single year. So you are discounting the hell that they go through, the, the immense, immense suffering. The way they are treated is just fucking disgusting. It's so sad. It's, it's so, so sad. And I think it's, it's yeah. It's, it is. And I think it's really important to note that you are a, a very vocal spokesperson and you can really stand behind that because you've actually witnessed many times the suffering. So I think that mm. what you are doing is you are the walking billboard for saying, I'm, you're doing the hard work that many people, including myself, could just not bear. And I, I just want you to speak for a moment about the fact that you go to slaughterhouses, you witness this, and I think I think probably the purpose is so that you can speak with such authenticity about these. I, I mean, you can't put words to it because it's it is I'm sure horrifically indescribable. But you know, this is like no shit. I've seen this, and I have to be this loud mouthpiece because I want to shout it from the rooftop because to witness it is unbearable. Is that one of the driving forces? Because I'm sure to carry that pain has got to be excruciating at, pine, at times. Oh, I've never cried harder than because of my experiences inside slaughterhouses. It's been heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. So, okay. 
first of all, I'll say this. You are not allowed to go and see how your food, how these animals are killed in slaughterhouses. It is illegal in most countries. The only places that I've been able to do it, I I was able to go and see chickens slaughtered in Sydney because I knew someone who was friends with the slaughterhouse worker and I pretended that I was just curious and not vegan, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't get to see much though because I think he was pretty suspicious of me. I come to Bali to see it because in Bali, I'm able to go in, film. People don't know what I'm doing. They don't think people care about animals, which is understandable. Most people don't. And um, we're able to just stand there, do our thing, pretend that we're just, you know, we go in under the cover of we are also doing a job like this in Australia. We want to see how you guys do it here. And we stay there and film. The part of the reason is to grow in my conviction 100%. And absolutely, it has helped me in that way. And that's why I know that when a lot of the vegans, because my the most people that argue with me are vegans, because they don't like how I do it. They don't like how I say it. They don't like how blunt I am. They think that I, they don't understand. They don't understand me. Like, and they don't, I don't think they understand what's going on, at least not to the, to the same extent. And that's fair enough because, yeah, I've been there and I've had the blood splashed on my face. So, when you go and see this, when, when we've gone and done this, part of the reason is to increase my resolve in this. Uh, but also it's because I'm able to share it to hundreds of thousands of people online. And this is, it's rare to see a vegan in a, it's rare to see anybody in the slaughterhouse, but it is rare to see a vegan in a slaughterhouse saying what needs to be said. And, um, yeah, so I go in there because I go live in there. The times I've been able to do this, I've made videos that have reached millions of people and um, people don't watch slaughter. They just avoid it. They see the graphic content warning or they just they go and they see one second of it and they're like, nah, they don't want to see it. Fair enough. It's very disgusting. It's very ugly. Um, but I found that it was beneficial for me to be in there as well because there's someone in there who's a vegan telling a story and it's it just will catch people's attention a little bit more and you do what you can to catch people's attention. Um, of course, there's already more than enough slaughter footage online, but, um, you know, like you do right. what you got to do. And I think, I think what is always interesting is when people who claim to love animals but still eat them refuse to watch these things. Like, mm. I can't handle that. And so what I've learned, one of the best responses, and it was some... That what what Jean Bauer, my friend of Farm Sanctuary, mm-hmm. gave me is that whatever pain it causes me is nothing compared to the pain it causes the animals. So the least I can do is bear witness to it. Absolutely. And I thought that's so powerful. It's like that, and, and I have to commend you because this is a this is incredible strength. It's internal, it's emotional and mental strength because of course it wears down on you. And mm. um, I, I think those visions. You can't ever get them out. And the point is actually, they are what drive you, like what you said. And I think so for people yes. who are have never seen any footage, you, there's there's various footage. You don't have to go the hardcore earthlings. <laughs> uh, that is the hardest core, I think. But it is it is important to bear witness, especially if you are choosing to eat animal products, you should know how you're contributing to that suffering. I think that's just honest. You know, it's just to live an honest and true life. I, I talk about this being in alignment with your core values. And I think I always say when I became vegan, it was the most spiritually uplifting, just 
moment in my life because the veil of hypocrisy was lifted, a veil that I didn't mm-hmm. even realize existed because I had been vegetarian for 17 years, mm-hmm. you know, walking around thinking I'm doing all this good stuff. And then, yep. you know, for me, I went to Farm Sanctuary and Gene Bauer, who is a, is a good friend, was he's very kind and he presented mm-hmm. it in one way. And his wife at the time was much more upfront. And like, if you're doing this, you might as well be doing this. And it was very, and I actually needed her. Yeah. I needed that kind of bluntness. Like if you're yes. eating, if you're eating cheese, you might as well go ahead and eat veal because you're not any better. And I was like, whoa, I needed that. And I think it's mm-hmm. important to like, I think that's what you're doing is you're finding all of the different voices that you need to put out there because some people won't respond to, hey, don't you want to be kind and compassionate to animals? Some people need the in-your-faceness because it's it's we're so strongly brainwashed that we almost need that metaphorical smack in the face. And that's what I got from Lori is wow, what what am I doing? I, I'm I'm eating cheese. I love it. And yet now I mean and I was 31 years old. I still thought cows just had to be milked. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. like I felt I'm an intelligent person. That is how deep and severe the brainwashing is. Absolutely. And I think you're totally right. Look, people respond in different ways. Something that has bothered me a lot lately is that I still have friends and family who have followed my every post for the last eight years who are not vegan yet. And I'm absolutely tired of it. My patience only has so much of a limit. And, um, you know, that's why part of the reason why my approach has changed, because obviously that did not do the job. They had eight years to learn a few recipes and they know all the facts. It's not enough. So now I have to call them what they are, animal abusers funding a Holocaust. And they, it disgusts me. It disgusts me that people still do that. And look, I, part of me can't fully blame them because of all the conditioning, but also... You get to a point where you're just like, now you're just being lazy. You just want to eat meat. And actually, no, I don't respect that. That is a very bad attitude. And you should be aware that you might as well abuse children. You know, if you if you don't care so much that you're willing to abuse these animals, why don't you go abuse children as well? Because you just that's what kind of lack of empathy you are displaying right now. It's um it's very wrong. So when people eat animals, most of them have never seen the process. It's twofold. Most of them have never seen the process and most of them have no idea who they are eating. They, they go fishing. They have never even thought about the life of a fish. They're just doing a fun activity they see it as. They don't hear the screams. They don't think anything of it. They don't know who fish are and their intelligence and the way they live and comprehend life, which is very similar to us and experience the, the pleasures and the pains and the sufferings. They just go and throw a hook and rip them up. Ha, 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 take a photo while they're patting their dog. And it's just like, mate. So it's twofold. They have no idea who they're doing this to. They need to learn. Like, If you're going to eat someone, you should be pretty aware of who you are paying to have killed for you. And maybe it wouldn't be a big deal if they didn't experience pain and didn't barely experience life, et cetera, et cetera. But to do this to someone exactly like us, except for the way they look on the outside, you're a cannibal. You're just you're displaying cannibalistic behavior, just like someone eating a human. You're almost eating a human. Like you're eating other mammals with a brain, with a heart, with a family. Like It's basically the same thing. So there's that. And then there's the fact that this all happens behind closed doors. People don't want to see it. And when they do see it, 
they're like, oh, yeah, but not, not the meat I eat. No, no, that's not what happened to the animals that I eat. I get it from this special butcher, blah, blah, blah. The animals got tickled to death where I got my meat from. Like, they just tell themselves stories. And they got to realize that, you know, again, you, you wonder if it's ethical, put yourself in the situation. Would you like it done to you? The murder part of it, you will never say yes to, and you can never get an animal product without that part of it. No matter how the murder is done, it is always unethical. But let's just be real. As you've said a couple of times, the 99%, 99% of animal products come from factory farms and slaughterhouses and even organic free-range animals, the very few percent that almost nobody has access to even, still end up at the same slaughterhouse. They either get bolts of electricity through their brain and they're shackled upside down and stabbed in the throat, or they're put into a gas chamber just like Nazis put people in, or they are, um, the other common method is bolt gun in the head, hung upside down, slashed throat. And that experience that they go through feels just like what it would feel like if it went, if you went through it. That's the biggest horror movie ever. And, you know, another thing you said, being vegan, when you do it, it's like the biggest spiritual awakening ever. People say, you know, wake up, wake up, and all this kind of thing about different t- topics in our reality. There is no bigger wake up than to understand the animal holocaust, what is happening. You know, people are literally eating the corpses of murder victims, the corpses, the flesh of holocaust victims who were murdered and lived a life of hell. And they're eating it thinking they're animal lovers, you know, to wake up to this insane reality and then go to the supermarket and see chopped up pieces of murdered beings everywhere or see the cow's milk and like all this cow's milk that babies were supposed to drink because that's what mother's milk is for. But everything changes. Um, And there's a very, you know, there's a very hard side to it for sure. But then there's also the side of, wow, I'm part of the change. I'm being the change I want to see in the world. If people just do what I'm doing, like this world gets a lot better. It totally changes. It goes from planet slaughterhouse to planet peace, to planet mm. respect, planet kindness. It's a totally different world. And, um, you know, and then we get all these other benefits. It's just Mother Nature saying, yeah, here's the right path. Obviously, this is the wrong path. You're destroying yourselves and your, and your home. If you do this path, you will live longer. You'll be totally healthy. You will um, stop destroying the environment like you are. It's not, a, it's not a coincidence that one lifestyle promotes all this destruction and the other promotes you know, n- the nurturing of our soul and the souls of others and our environment. It's, it's just... It's a win-win, yes. Win, 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 win. So who are some other change makers that you admire and you really think are going to help us really move the needle? Okay, so... Well, there's a lot of great activists that I admire, and some of them are some of my friends like Joey Carbstrong. Um, he is a very passionate guy who's out on the streets all the time. I admire uh, Ed, Earthling Ed, for example, who is all, always putting out consistent content and very kind, you know, reaches a, a wide audience of people. There's all the people who are just posting online, just anyone who's saying anything, every vegan should be speaking up. But anyone who's just posting anything and um, making this part of their lifestyle to not just be vegan, but advocate. Um, Gary Yorofsky is my original and probably still greatest inspiration because he did an amazing speech. And he did, he did thousands of speeches, actually. But his speech is what really got in my head and made me realize I don't want to be an animal abuser. I guess I'm going to have to be vegan here. Uh, he just said it how it was. He said, look, I hope you appreciate me being honest here, but 
this is the facts. This is what you're supporting. And if you continue, you're all animal abusers and what you're doing is fucking insane. And um, then, you know, I, I really appreciate the efforts of people like Gene who are taking care of these animals in sanctuaries, giving a face to the situation. There's trillions of them and we only have so very few survivors um, who have been rescued and are living in these places. And that's a very tough job. So all the sanctuary workers. Then there's the people who are creating the vegan meat alternatives, which I think is going to be one of the biggest reasons that there is a revolution at all regarding how humans consume nutrients because these people are creating uh, foods that are identical to meat in taste and texture and flavor and all this, but uh, without any of the killings. So and the dollars are, are behind it. These are like uh, becoming billion-dollar companies. And, you know, again, where the money goes, the the efforts will flow. And I think that's important too, because there's been, you know, billions of dollars in these um, animal agriculture businesses. And to see these plant-based you know, businesses grow and thrive has just been so amazing. Oh, totally. It's very heartwarming. And to see all these, you know, even um, fast food chains adopting vegan meat options. Some some vegans, you know, they don't support that, but I'm a huge supporter of that. Because oh, I agree. It's, it's the adoption phase. It's, it's normalizing it. It's normalizing vegan meat. People are going to try it. Every burger that is vegan meat instead of the flesh of a tortured animal is a win. And there's going to be a lot of this and they're going to advertise it for us and they're going to normalize this for us or for the animals. And it's going to be amazing. You know, there's, there's just so many people working at this in, in so many different ways. Um, you know, the influencers, the athletes who are promoting it, like Lewis Hamilton, for example, he's got millions of followers. He's the world champion Formula One star over and over and over again. He's always talking, well, he's talked many times about veganism. Actors who do it, you know, it, it would, I know that it can feel hard to, uh, to say something that you think is going to uh, separate your audience and put people against you. Yeah, like Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, using his yes. uh, Oscar speech as a as a point for. I mean, what I was just legend. like, oh my gosh, what, what a, a hero! What a hero! I know you guys. Should, you guys should pair up. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, maybe one day we will. Yeah, um, go Joaquin. I was just going to say that I think that you know we're we're at the start of something. I would say it's been going on a long time, but. It's been has been a very uh, an exponential growth, and in the last five years, I think there's been a huge shift in the public perception of vegans and the amount of vegans and the amount of options available and the conversation. And um, you know, it's in my opinion like where things are things are moving in the right direction. And um, you know, my opinion is that it's just a matter of time before it ends. No injustice to this magnitude that is so clearly wrong that is so totally unnecessary can last forever. It's just a matter of time. How long it will take will depend on each and every one of us. We, we all have a responsibility. We can all do something. We all should do something. Just like if there was a human holocaust happening, we would do something. You know. And, and this is another way to think of it. If there was, how, would you, how do you think you would have responded when the civil rights movement was happening? Would you have defended slavery? Or would you have been an abolitionist and said we should abolish slavery? If the Holocaust, when the Holocaust was happening, how do you think you would have responded? Would you have tried to, you know, been been opposed to it, tried to help even, and to to free those people in some way, or, or you know, something? Would you have done something? Would you have been opposed to it? And right now, your question is, where do you stand on the issue of animal rights? Are you in favour of the Holocaust, or are you opposed to it? If you're opposed to it, please do something, because unlike the other causes, unlike the other injustices that were happening. 
the victims of this Holocaust cannot speak for themselves in a language that humans will understand. They can, they have no spokespeople. They they are like I said in my at the start when I did my vow signs. They're not voiceless because they can speak, but they're basically voiceless. There's no sheep that's going to get up and give a speech about why their species should be freed. So we are all we are all the spokespeople of this. We all have a responsibility. If you're a vegan, please, please be vocal. You don't have to be um, an aggressive vegan. Like I've showed that for many years. You don't have to do it that way. Be kind, be peaceful, be encouraging. Show people your delicious vegan meals. Tell people about how healthy you feel. Uh, encourage people to watch documentaries. Ask people how they feel about veganism, why they aren't vegan. Get conversations started. Wear vegan T-shirts. Do, do anything. Do something. They need you. And yes. it's your responsibility. So, um, you know, take it on and realize that you're not just a yoga teacher. You're not just a personal trainer. You're not just someone who works at this restaurant. You're also an activist and you um, you have a cause and you're a warrior in this and the victims are counting on us. They have no one else to do it. Oh, I love that. Well, I just want to end on this final note of this other wonderful person in your life who this has been a great year. You got married and you're married to another vegan activist. I imagine that's like double wonder power activate feeling that you wake up and not only do you have a love, but you have someone that that is seeing the world in the same way as you are. My amazing wife has very strongly influenced me in my activism um, in the year that I've known her. And I'm so grateful for that because she has helped me not care anywhere near as much as what I did about the opinions of others and just to follow my heart and do what I felt is right. I have her love and I'm so full with that and my and the love for myself, which she has also helped me um, to grow more in, that I have a lot less need for the, for the, what's the word? Kind of positive affirmation or just yeah, like, yeah. All that from other people. Um, and she, you know, she is a graphic, she's a, she's a designer. So she has um, amazing skills when it comes to social media and before she was doing that job and now she is um, just like I am trying to constantly put out social media content and doing an amazing job putting out great uh, content videos, the captions I love. And to have someone, you know, I think it goes both ways for us. If she's writing a caption, I'll be like, oh, I should write a caption. We motivate each other and we encourage each other and we support each other and we show each other the things that are bothering us. Um, the people that are bothering us and we talk about it and we talk strategy and it's very, very, it's very helpful to have someone on side. Like, especially at this point, I, I not only, you know, I could obviously not marry someone who wasn't vegan because that's just so out of alignment from my lifestyle and, and who I am and who I want to be with, but to also take it to the next level, to have someone who's very, very passionate about the animals, who sees them for the people that they are and who fights alongside me. You know, I can just see us doing this until the job is done, basically, um, because we have so much support for each other. So that's one of the best, it's one of the um, best gifts. You know, she's an amazing woman in many ways, but we're very lucky to have each other and to to have connected in this way and to um, be able to motivate each other and keep each other on task and just understand each other on this level. So it's been a very cool year. And, you know, it's... um. 
I, I feel like I've grown a lot and I will, I'm sure continue to grow. And, and I hope that I just get stronger in the way that I say things and do things. And my guess is that's exactly what will happen. I think it will. Well, congratulations on your marriage. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for your passion and your absolute conviction, just wholeheartedly, unabashedly for the animals. And I am cheering with you along the way that this, uh, that the time will come where we are in that planet peace. And um, I hope it's not too far away. So thank you so much for your work. I hope so too. I hope it's very soon. I hope it's tomorrow, but it won't be, but I hope it's as soon as possible. Yeah, soon as possible. Um, yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lara, for having me on. And also everything you, you've been vegan for so long. You know, I'm sure you've influenced so many people over the years. And even if you don't talk about it as much as I do, or maybe in the same way as me, having people like me on your podcast is a great form of activism. And um, I'm very appreciative for you having me on. And to everybody who's listening, you know, I hope that... Um, Obviously, I'm talking about some heavy stuff and I'm talking about you if you're not a vegan, but I want you to know that we want to support you. I'm not trying to, I want you part of this. I'm not saying vegans are better than you. We, um, and you can never be this good. I'm saying you are better than what you are supporting. I believe in you more than what your culture has told you is okay. You can do better. You should do better. You know it in your heart. And, um, and I wish you all the best. I encourage you to the fullest on your journey. I hope your journey is a very short one from where you are now to becoming vegan. And I hope that you'll take it very seriously and prioritize it in your life so that you can be on the right side of justice, on the right side of history, and start speaking up for the victims the way they deserve. So thanks again, Laura. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. And everybody check out James. James Aspie is on Instagram. And you could just Google anything about him. He has great... YouTube videos and speeches and and just follow him and really take his words to heart. I, I just, that was, I couldn't think of a better closing. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody as always, I'm pulling for you.